Welcome to The Worst Bestsellers, where we read about fighting ghosts with hypermasculinity and quantum physics so you don't have to. I'm Kate. And I'm Renata. And for this episode, we read Dark World by Zach Bagans. Joining us to discuss this sci-fi channel spinoff is Ren, professional adult slash ghost bro aficionado slash regretful non-purchaser of that Zach Bagans glittery saint candle on Etsy. Hi. And Becca, podcast editor and backup Renata, in case your Renata goes wrong, or to Sadness Caves. Hello. Hi, Becca. Hi. Thanks, thanks for being prepared in case I go wrong. I, it's, it's, I never know when I might get a call in the middle of the night, 3 a.m. This is a podcast emergency. We need you. And I go into a phone booth, which I have to find, and it's real inconvenient, and I change clothes, and then I save the day. So yeah, uh, this book was great. Gift to humanity. <laughs> Happy Halloween. That's one way to put it. <laughs> to all of us. This was the gift that we gave ourselves. So if you aren't familiar with Zach, listeners, uh, he, you're probably familiar with his, uh, you know, lasting mark on humanity, which is the show called <laughs> Ghost Adventures. Which, if you follow me or Becca on Twitter, that would be Ghost Bros or Ghost Bro Venturers, as we like to call it when we live tweet it. Or, uh, Renata, it was one of your friends, yes, right? My favorite. Yeah, my friend Joe refers to it as the Ed Hardy Boys. Oh my God. Uh, which it's I've so only seen accurate. one episode of the show and I watched it with Joe and it was great. I really enjoyed it. But yeah, he calls it the Ed Hardy Boys because. Uh, you know, like the clothing brand Ed Hardy that douche bros wear and then the Hardy boys. <laughs> I just explained that joke like so good. So if you didn't get it, now you get it. <laughs> this show, listeners, if you have not watched it, do yourself a favor, go on to Netflix, watch the Civil War the Civil episode. War one. That is the classic. That's, that is the yeah. introductory one that we show anybody who is curious about this show. <laughs> That's the one that Joe had me watch, and I loved it, and it's on Netflix. And if anybody's curious, um, there are a number of episodes referenced in the book, unfortunately, you know, without any kind of um, helpful bookmark, I guess, or explanation as to where someone who was interested, if they were interested after having read the book and not actually dead, um, (laughs) of shame for having read the book. Um, Shame is my Halloween costume this year now that I've read this for the third <laughs> I think. Um, but yeah, the, I, I would like to put in a plug, I guess, for the Bobby Mackey's Music World episodes. Um, there are multiple ones. They go back uh, at several different times, including just a real gangbusters episode where they actually do a split screen between uh, Bobby's Ma- Bobby Mackey's Music World and the Winchester house. Um, nice. so yeah, so there's some good stuff out there in the ghost, ghost bros or ghost adventures, you know, world They're uh, oh, they're indescribable, I think. <laughs> yeah. Well, in the book, I mean, he definitely assumes that if you're reading this book, you've seen every episode of the show and have like perfect recall of it, which to be fair, like that's kind of a reasonable assumption. I feel like most people aren't going to be like, oh, I've kind of heard of that reality show, but let me read the book first before I watch any episodes of it. Like, that's probably not what most people are doing. But if you were, and that was basically me, because like I said, I've only seen the one episode so far. 
So he's constantly just like, yeah, and it was just like at Bobby Mackey's Music World, the most evil place in the world. And I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, what is Bobby Mackey's Music World? How is that the most evil place on earth compared to, like, I don't know, these, like, haunted prisons and stuff that you're visiting? And then I looked it up on Wikipedia, and I was so mad because Bobby Mackey's <laughs> Music World is in Kentucky, and it's, like, pretty close to where I just moved away from. It's like, if I had known about this a few months ago, I could have gone and, like, got drunk with some ghosts. Yeah, and you could have done it for science, a yes. real scientific revolution, yes. as we learned in and, this book. Yeah, and I guess uh, the bar, Bobby Mackey's Music World is a bar and not, like, a theme park, which I kind of thought maybe it was <laughs> based on the name. Uh, it's a bar, and I guess it has a sign they're, like, legally required to post that it's haunted because it's, like, so haunted that they have to warn people about it. It's like a garbage sign, it. too. It's basically handwritten. It's not even, like, a yes. real sign, but, it, like, the law required them to put it there, so they made it in the back office. Yeah. But I think we're still kind of getting ahead of ourselves because we haven't explained, actually, who this man is or who the Ghost Bros are and yes, what they do. So exactly. let's explain the show <laughs> since the book does not. Yes. And explain where Zach Bagans is a paranormal investigator along with his two buddies, uh, Nick and Aaron, Sorry, I don't know your last names. Uh, you're less famous. <laughs> We're also paranormal Aaron... investigators. Aaron Goodwin, isn't it? Or something? Yeah, Aaron Goodwin. Yeah. I think it's like... Nick Goff, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and he was at it's Dragon cool, Con too. this year, and I, oh I didn't God. manage to get around to... <laughs> Missed opportunities, guys. <laughs> yeah, so sad. I heard that some scientists don't think time is linear, so maybe if time doubles back on itself, you could still go meet him at Dragon Con this year. It's that's, true. It's possible. It's true. Possible. It's, I don't even. I don't even need a time turner. I just needed Zach Bagans to explain to me quantum physics. Yeah. To be fair, it's that's amazing. the same. Basically, the same explanation of quantum physics that Quantum Leap uses. So, like, I can't <laughs> knock it too hard. <laughs> <laughs> but to the show. So, yeah, they take. They go find a haunted place. They walk around the daytime and talk to the owners and people who have had supernatural paranormal experiences and what's happened to them and what people have reported about the place. And then at sunset, they go on lockdown and they lock themselves in to this haunted building where they are not allowed to leave until sunset with all their paranormal equipment. And they run around in the dark and get sexually assaulted by ghosts while also maybe sexually assaulting some ghosts and say bro a ton yeah. bro and dude the conceit of their show which is not like the longer it goes on the less they can even cling to this is that they don't have a lot of tech they don't have a lot of extra cameramen it's just the three of them and the ghost hunting equipment and the cameras that they have like it's not a huge production this changes very quickly. Very quickly. Was it Bobby? Bobby yeah. shows up. They make him sleep in the haunted bedroom. He gets sexually assaulted <laughs> by a ghost. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Poor. Yeah, and poor Bill Chapel, who is apparently a skeptic, and and now makes ghost equipment for them. So I'm not real sure. I how kind that of appreciate him. <laughs> I do. I do. Um, yeah, and then like, like, how... like Jay. And who is the other guy? Billy? Yeah. And they, they end up part of the team because people leave. It's just, it, there's a lot going on. Also, we can't forget the ghosts. They're a very important <laughs> piece of Key the personnel. Uh, they, they do this at, like, famous haunted places and all over the place. They are the broiest, douchiest looking bros that you can imagine. They dress in 
all black all the time. Like Zach has like these tight black t-shirts and like his Jinko jeans because I'm sure if they were actually fitted, yeah. that would if someone might think he was queer or something. That is exactly the kind of persona he gives off. I, I do want to put in a kind word for Zach Bagans just in case he ever stumbles across this podcast. He um, probably and, does have a Google alert for oh, himself. Probably does. And so I just want to say, I want to say, and I hope this, I hope this makes the editing cut. Um, there is an episode, um, and and I, I, I connect with this very strongly because I also love animals, and I have two dogs that hopefully you won't hear barking in the background. I've tried to like seclude myself away from them. It's fine. We're a very animal friendly podcast. Yeah. Um, there's an episode where he they're they're in this abandoned I think hotel or something and um, he goes outside for a breath of fresh air and he finds this stray dog and I just he 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 you just he cares about it so much that he just kind of fucks off from the investigation um, like he leaves he leaves and he's like whatever ghosts are not as important as making sure this dog has a good home so he abandons Aaron and Nick in the building with the ghosts just like. I don't even know if he tells them where he's going. <laughs> he just bundles this dog into one of their cars and finds a local vet and like stays with it. And then um, was going to drive it back with them to Nevada to make sure that it went to the Nevada Humane Society and got a good home. But instead, one of the audio guys like fell in love with it and adopted it. Aww. But, you know, like so if you're listening, Zach, um, I'm sorry that we're going to laugh that. a lot about your life's work. <laughs> You know, chase your bliss, stand in your truth, man. Um, but also, also, um, thanks for loving animals like you do. You know, um, chasing the dead is one thing, but making sure we take care of the living is pretty important, too. So That's there deep. you go. There you go. Okay. Well, that was very heartfelt. I want to go back to making fun of him now, though. Yeah, oh, yeah. We got it out of the way. Becca was, no, Becca was I, describing I his clothes. And again, oh, yeah, yeah. I've only seen one episode of this, but it was the Civil War episode. And he was like, we're going to dress like Civil War dudes to like trick the ghost. But he was still dressed all in black. So he was wearing like a black t-shirt and then just like a black soldier cap. And I was like, neither side was black. Like, are ghosts colorblind? Are you just like, like, this, nobody would look at you and be like, oh, yeah, there's just another guy in like my Civil War regiment. Like, it was not like he... <laughs> did of any kind of real attempt to actually look like a soldier so i don't i don't know i think maybe he just is more committed to his aesthetic than he is to the actual like ghost concept which i kind of applaud but yeah my absolute favorite zach wardrobe moment is when he went to the winchester mystery house with a shirt with guns all over it um still a black t-shirt but printed with guns. Yes. yes. <laughs> Instead of his usual skull decoration. <laughs> and readers, listeners, lest you think that you're missing out on all of this, if you read the tour de force <laughs> that is this book, um, there are visual aids, um, several of which feature Mr. Bacon's in his black t-shirts. So, um, so black t-shirts and Jinko jeans. Yes. He's looking... <laughs> Very serious, and and on the cover you can even see a really interesting graphic design um, yes. that includes him in a top hat. And I think this was like a precursor, maybe because this book was this book is like ten years old now. I think. Um, oh, maybe it was Kindle he, edition. That's five. I was trying oh, to look it up today. Maybe it's not that old. Maybe it's not that old. Um, but it's, it's a few old. years um, old at least. Copyright twenty ten. Yeah. Oh, 
There we go. <laughs> also, the copyright page says this book is for educational purposes. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> Thank you, Zach. I'm very educated now. <laughs> Yeah, it also warns us, I think, that... Um, no, don't try we, this at home, basically. <laughs> yeah, and then if we get if we get haunted, it's not his fault. Like, no adverse effects arising from this book. Like, yeah, so... It's very important. Yeah, Naomi um, was questioning earlier whether or not this qualified as a bestseller. I was like, I'm sure it doesn't. I'm sure this was never on the New York no, it, Times bestseller list. No, it, it, it was, actually. It was? Um, it, yeah, number 17, as a matter oh, of fact. That's beautiful. why I... Yeah. That's why I was looking yeah. it up. I was like, "What? Where was it? Where is it on the Amazon selling chart?" And it's in the top 100 for all the uh, occult, paranormal subjects still. And it came out five years yeah. ago. Nice. Yeah. Well, I I was willing to give it a pass just because I think anything that like is tied into a reality television show, oh, like sure, that's in the bestseller like aesthetic. Even I was if- I was explaining that we were kind of it's less bestseller, more popular. Yes. Yeah. Which, yeah. yeah, it's more about like oh, we just don't want to bully self-published people. But... It, it is. It's on brand. Great. So unfortunately, unfortunately or unfortunately, um, it, it was at one point a New York Times bestseller. So Incorrect. you know, you don't have to sell that many copies to be a bestseller. <laughs> like not to denigrate anybody's accomplishment, but it's not like millions. I think it's like hundreds. <laughs> And that's still an impressive feat, given what a garbage book this was. Yeah, that's true. This is the part where we usually discuss the plot, but, you know, this isn't really a novel, so there's no plot. So let's discuss the spiral that this story goes around. So basically... Just circling the proverbial drain, I guess. (laughs) At the beginning... So, so yeah, let's move on to actually talking about what the book actually is. And... uh, even a lot of the nonfiction books we do at least have a through line. <laughs> beginning, middle, end. A beginning, middle, end. Yeah. This book does not have that. So obviously this is going to go a little off course from what our normal episodes do. Yeah. It starts off as a straight biography of him, and he talks a little bit about his early life. And then it starts this very strange, uh, Becca kept calling it a spiral, which is a pretty good descriptor, where he'll jump, he jumps right into talking about what hunting ghosts is like without like in a scientific way but then he goes into a couple specific hauntings that he investigated and he starts dropping acronyms and types of ghost hunting equipment and ghost hunting methods and theories without explaining them then he'll explain like what one acronym means and the theories behind that and a couple more encounters and then he'll go back to science and then he'll talk about the different types of ghosts that there are but he never it's kind of like as he came up with each new thing he wanted to talk about instead of writing them all down first and then putting them in some sort of order and framing the book around it as he came up with each idea he just talked for a little bit about it and then came up with a new idea and talked a little bit about that too and it really just makes an incoherent mess. Yeah, so like you can yeah. read, you know, Bob Mackey's Music World. We circle around to that investigation at least six times in that book. We never just stop and like go through it start to finish and ex- touch on all the things that happened and touch upon all the equipment. It's, you know, let me talk about the most haunted place in the world. We went there and it was super haunted. And then 20 <laughs> pages later, you're back at Bob Mackey's music world. And it's like, and this is the EVPs that we got. And this is what it means. And then uh, 50 pages later, you're back there. And it's just like, could you not like, yeah. start at the surface and drill down, man? 
Yeah, it's it's very much just like a drunk rambling discussion where you're like, you're True. at a very haunted bar with Zach Baggins, and he's like, bro, I saw this ghost, and it's like, remember that time when we were at Bobby Mackey's Music World? But anyway, I got this new recorder, and it measures like all the EVPs, and I know some people don't believe in EVPs, but I do, and anyway, when I was a kid, oh, wait, what? Can I get another drink? Uh, but anyway, Bobby Mackey's Music World, man, I would never go back there, except like, I would. Uh, yeah, it's like that. I do want to point out too, because this is the level at which this book is kind of a parody of itself. It seems to be a book about ghosts that, in part at least, was written by a ghost writer. I mean, yeah, the ghost writer is like fully credited. Yeah, yeah. His his name is Kelly. Uh, he's a, a friend of Zach's, I guess. And it really does seem like if you if you watch the show, I think. As you read along, um, it becomes very apparent. This is very much written, and I really think dictated, because Zach sounds exactly like he sounds on the show. Like, all of his monologues are the same. Um, You can very much read it. If you've maybe even seen five minutes of the show, you can kind of read the whole thing in his voice, which I think really enhances the experience. (laughs) One of the the very first things that he talks about in the book um, when he, after he goes through his personal background is, and while trying to talk about how ghost hunting is a science, but it's just not like a proven science. So, you know, they're just scientists. Is he talks about how quantum physics has a lot to do with ghost hunting. But one of the things that he keeps bringing up <laughs> is that quantum physics says that time is not linear. So that has to do with ghosts because sometimes maybe the things that we're hearing are just echoes of things that are happening not in linear time because time folds back in on itself because quantum physics therefore ghosts so very clearly that was the the concept that he took to heart when writing or dictating this book and the theory that he did not have to go in order because we would know everything and nothing at once yeah (laughs) and i buy it and somehow somehow also um, despite the fact that because quantum physics, everything can double back on itself, ghosts can't cross water. Um, right, yeah, correct. That was a really important piece of the theory that came out. And I, I also want to point out for anybody reading this book, if you're interested in his theories about ghosts, you should just go ahead and skip to the end. Um, I mean, recognizing that time isn't linear, but maybe the way we understand things um, <laughs> demands a little, shall we say, lexical priority. Um, <laughs> you you might want to just skip to the end and start there and then go back through the spinning maelstrom that is the many adventures that Zach has had hunting ghosts. Yeah. And also, I'm not a, I, I'm no quantum physics expert. I actually know nothing about it, but I like to just <laughs> is constantly, time isn't a straight line because tree branches and rivers aren't straight lines. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's all nature. It's all nature. Oh my goodness. I would like to briefly talk about, uh, let a few years ago maybe, I went on a ghost hunt in a state park and it was fantastic. And it was, like, it was led by, you know, some local, like, ghost hunting squad or whatever. And everybody else, and it was kind of like a workshop or class or something. And everybody else doing it was taking it, like, very seriously. And I was kind of like, I mean, I I wasn't trying to be an asshole about it. And I'm not saying, like, I don't believe in ghosts, but a lot of it just seems, like, very silly. 
And so um, my favorite thing to happen that just like exemplifies how everything was going and also I think exemplifies like what Zach Baggins is about is one of the people on the ghost tour like stood a chapstick up on end in the room on the floor and said like if there's any spirits in the room like show us you're there by knocking over the chapstick and this other lady like also very serious is like oh but if the ghost died a long time ago they won't know what a chapstick is. And they were just like, oh, like, yeah. And I was like, like, everything, like, okay. Like, it was just so funny to me, but it was all very serious. And they were like, yeah, good point. Like, the ghost will not know what a chapstick is. But if it... If it did, it could yeah. totally knock it over, though. <laughs> totally. If two things. First of yeah. all, I just want to point out that Renata told us this story before we started recording. So I have had a chapstick standing up on end underneath the microphone this whole time, and it will stay there <laughs> this whole recording. And if there are any ghosts, they can knock it over. Second, that reminds me of Aziz Ansari's bit about ghosts, yes. where he's like, <laughs> you know, hauntings are always like, oh, the lights keep turning off and on. They're like, these ghosts died 300 years ago. They're like flicking the light switch up and down, being like, this is great. This is electricity. (laughs) (laughs) That whole bit is great. You should definitely check it out. Yeah. I was just going to say, like, my jury also still out on ghosts, but that's also a pretty good summary of how I feel about it. Um, Not really. I think there's a lot going on in the world. There's also a lot going on in this book. (laughs) Some people have been asking me, so I've been writing this stupid Hamilton story for nine years Mm -hmm. um, about ghosts and so the question that i've gotten asked frequently by like even strangers on the internet recently a lot is whether or not i believe in ghosts and just for the record my general thought process is the same i guess as my thought process about aliens which is there's a lot of things in the world that i don't understand i don't understand science there's a lot of science in the world that scientists don't understand i can't be positive about anything so i'm not going to rule it out but i don't think that Zach Bagans has really had a lot of encounters with ghosts based on the television show that I have seen. I don't, I don't, what I usually say is I don't not believe in ghosts. Yes. But I do, and I do, I kind of liked his honesty. He talks a lot about how, you know, amateur ghost hunters are, you know, if they feel a chill in the room, then they think it's a ghost. And, like, when we first started, we were not as careful about fact-checking. And so maybe we thought a breeze is a ghost. And maybe we, like, listened too hard to these nonsense EVP recordings. But also, some of them are super legit, you guys. Like, this one is super legit, just so you know. <laughs> I, I just think it's really interesting um, that he's... He really he does put put some effort into making sure that there's some truth, I guess, maybe to what they're trying to to say when they experience these things. Um, And in the book, I think, and also in the show, sometimes he'll bring up pareidolia, which is like seeing patterns in visual things. So like maybe you see a face in a photograph, but really it's just shadows. But your brain wants to recognize a pattern. So that's what happens. Um, but he never actually makes the next leap and goes for talking about apophenia, which is t- is recognizing patterns and just like random data, um, which is, I think, a lot maybe of what's going on here. So he, like, I, I spent a lot of this book muttering to myself, correlation does not equal causation. Right. <laughs> yes. <laughs> 
and even like like watching the show, there have been, I will admit, watching the show, there have been a couple times where they've caught an EVP or something and they've said, they've played it and I've been like, wow, yeah, that that does, that is what it sounds like. It does sound like what he says more frequently. <laughs> <laughs> They'll play it and be like, did you hear that, bro? It said, I'm going to kill you, Zach. And they play it and it's... <laughs> That's it. That's what you hear. You hear... <laughs> and they play it four times so you can be sure to hear, I'm going to kill you, Zach. <laughs> Yeah. And like I like Kate said that there are times you're like, ooh, ooh. And that's like I think the fun of it is like when you can be like, oh, I'm with you on this one. I think I wanna say it's the end of the Lizzie Borden episode one, where they yeah. do like a seance and there's like five or six of them sitting around the circles. And some of the words they get, they are very clear and they make a lot of sense. And I'm like, oh, that's fun, that's great. But like 98% of the time it is garbled nonsense that, that you cannot attribute any kind of sound to. And they are so pumped about it, and I'm like, uh, no. The other funnest bit about watching the show is how they react to anything that happens, which is like the one guy, Aaron, <laughs> will post a picture of this. He's my favorite. I was going to be him for Halloween one year. <laughs> makes these faces that are like literally the screaming, hands on cheeks, screaming emoji. Yeah, it's any person form. Big round mouth, big round eyes, and it's always in night vision camera. <laughs> so he's just green. <laughs> and they just like shout like, bro, bro, did you see that? Did you, bro, something grabbed my ass, bro. bro dude. Dude, bro, bro, dude. <laughs> That's it. It's great. Yeah, <laughs> and the peak Zach moment of any episode ever is the one where he yells, "Come and fight me! Come and fight me in the dark!" Yeah, he's <laughs> always like, "You have to show ghosts like who's the boss." So I'm always like real aggressive with the ghost, and I'm always challenging the ghost to a fight because you just have to show him who's oh. boss. I'm like, do you? Yeah. <laughs> Um, and as we learned in, in the book, you know, the reason that they do this and they react this way is because their bodies are now finely tuned instruments of paranormal yes. investigation. Yes. <laughs> yeah, literally. Um, they've actually, your body is your best instrument. Um, so, you know, you can detect changes in, in temperature. Um, you can hear things. I guess you can see things. I don't really know. This this begs the question, why do you need all of this equipment? Um, but hey, man, I don't make the paranormal science rules. I just and read about them. Absolutely flawless reasoning because bodies never do weird things on their own. Yeah. Totally. Totally. <laughs> they don't, you know, get autoimmune diseases and just start attacking themselves. <laughs> they don't build cancer cells just out of nothing for funsies. No, like, yeah, you're, bodies you're, are normal. You can totally use them. No, you never have, like, you never have like neurochemical imbalances. Like nope. I don't have any medicine downstairs that would speak nope. to any of that at all. <laughs> so yeah, I so so in a in a slightly less funny and slightly like this is the thing that has left the weirdest taste in my mouth in all of Ghost Bros history. There is a chapter in this book where he talks to the creator of this tool that they use a lot called the Mel Meter. Oh yeah, and oh, yes. The guy who created it created it because his teenage daughter died in a car accident and he and his family claimed that they started to have like ghostly visitations from her around the house and they would hear things and like they would feel her and smell her perfume stuff like that and so even though he had previously been a skeptic he started to believe in ghosts and started coming up with he had been a an engineer prior to retirement and he 
kind of came out of retirement and started creating these ghost paranormal different like equipment and things to measure like EMF and record EVPs and record room temperature and stuff like that. And like, I understand that like they are probably really desperate for any kind of resolution to the fact that their daughter died young and unexpectedly and it was a big loss for the family. But I get very uncomfortable because they do it in the show too. They have episodes where like they go to his house and have There's seances a whole in episode his house. Just to yeah. It's a sad episode, man. Yeah. And also, I mean, I thought it was the guy who invented it, part of the proceeds from all these Melmeter, like, ghost detectors he sells, they go to, like, grief counseling centers, which is, like, extremely heartbreaking. Yeah. Yeah. It's just very weird, and it feels like in the episode when they talk about it, when we watched it, like... I was like, okay, like this is this is where it goes from funny to you're kind of toying with the emotions of a grieving family. And then I felt the same way when I was reading the chapter in the book about it, where they like give his whole backstory and how he started making these this equipment for him. But you know, at the same time, like it it, it begs the question: if you are a grieving family and this does bring you some sort of peace and a feeling that you have connected to your dead teenage daughter and it's resolved things within you, like, is that okay? Like, is it, if that's what you want, is it as gross that they're doing this? Are they just helping this guy out at the end of the day? Or is it like this kind of weird voyeuristic taking advantage of a family? I don't know, I don't have an answer for that, I just. I've, I've thought about that a lot since that episode aired, and I guess where I land on it, at least as regards the family that came up with the Melmeter, um, I mean, I think they kind of went out of their way to to use this to get some kind of closure. Um, so at least as far as they're concerned, that's that's okay by me. I, I don't know how I feel about people who show up um, to at grieving families' doorsteps and, and claim to be able to communicate with their loved ones and... Um, I think that that falls more into the prey category. I don't know. Um, yeah, or things like like Long Island Medium or whatever. Like the yeah the ones who more specifically tr- claim to be like conveying messages. Yeah, because they're not so much that they're more like well, I guess with the EVPs. Which did we ever explain EVP? I mean, I don't know why we would because Zach Baggins barely does, but that's like <laughs> when they they yeah. take a digital recorder. And then later they analyze it and they hear things that weren't audible at like normal human level. And they're like, oh, this is a ghost talking. But a lot of times I have to like yeah. really clean it up and it like really just sounds like nothing or like uh, electronic, voice, electronic phenomenon. voice phenomenon. Yeah. And yeah, the, the concept behind it is that ghosts communicate on a frequency that people can't hear, but that recordings do pick up. And it's like in the show and like in just in general ghost hunting shit, it's like a staple of how you hunt ghosts is you look for, you know, these audio clues and these these messages from ghosts that we can't hear. So there's a lot of in the show where like they'll be in a room and they'll just be asking questions and get silence in return. And then they go and listen to the recording later and hear the quote unquote answers. Um, They have another machine there's the generic term is spirit box. The one right. they use is the ovulus and it goes very quickly through all. Of no, that's the, no, no. There's the two different is things. The one that says the word. Oh, on right, the right. Yes. Yes. So obviously God, you're supposed to be the ghost expert of the two of us screen. But no, but it, it says it out loud too. 
But it's not the one that cycles through the radio frequencies. That's the yeah, spirit think... box slash shack shack hack is shack what they called it in the yeah, book. Yeah, that's the spirit box. Yeah, and that cycles one cycles through, through like... the AM FM. I and yeah. it's just the constant static noise, but it makes something that the, apparently the ghosts can pick something out of. Yeah, it cycles through fourteen different channels a minute, and this is the old book. So when you if or you second, if you choose right? to it's go like on, yeah, if you choose to go on another adventure with Zach, a literary <laughs> adventure, anyway, um, you can read his like latest book. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this is why I'm here because I read all these books actually for fun. Um, <laughs> um, he has a book called I Am Haunted and they've updated a lot of the equipment um, so you can read about new spirit boxes and um, the new Ovilus, um, which I always want to call Ovilus Prime um, which <laughs> is, is not what it's called but yeah the Ovilus, um, the way they, they say it on the show is that the Ovilus is the one that um, it is pre-programmed it's made by Bill Chapel, the skeptic right he's made this and it's pre-programmed with a bunch of different phonemes if you're a linguist this is going to hurt in your degree i'm sorry mm-hmm. about that mm-hmm. um but yeah it's pre-programmed with phonemes and the ghost is supposed to be able to go through and like pick the phoneme to make words that's literally how they describe it so yeah i yeah do not have to rewrite my story because i understand <laughs> when i got conflated now <laughs> the obelisk converts environmental readings yes. into these yes. words. Not, it's yes. not the one that goes through. So it is taking an input from the room, yes. just not yes. the radio Cycling waves. through the radio. Yeah. Yeah. The obelisk one is great. It is my favorite one to watch on the show, just because <laughs> it gives you something concrete, as opposed to the EVPs, where you're like, that was garbled nonsense. Whether or not it makes sense, they'll be walking through a room, and the obelisk will be like, peaches. And you're like, all right, fucking peaches. That means that's something. <laughs> And I want to point out that there is an Ovilus app you can get for iPhone. I won't okay, download it because she's going to start some shit, but I think it's great that it exists. Two things. When I was on my ghost hunt, a lot of people had that app and none of them oh got God. anything useful out of it. And then also they were doing EVP and like the head ghost hunters were like, we'll, we'll listen to this tape later and we'll email you guys if we get anything out of it. But they never emailed us, so I have to assume that they got nothing out of it. <laughs> I will point There's, out that um, in editing this podcast twice, there has been weird things that sound like Rando's talking, and I'm like, it's a ghost. The end. Holy shit. Yep. Yeah, there's one one other piece of ghost hunting equipment that I think we should probably mention because it bear, like it bears very significantly on the science of this whole thing, mm. and that's the EMF detector. And not to be confused with EVP, EMF is electromagnetic frequency. So they're literally measuring those levels in the room, and when those levels spike, it can be an indication of paranormal activity. So. The idea is that spirits need energy in order to either speak or make themselves visible or interact with the world. So they take that energy from the world around them, including they can take it from people. Zach talks several times about how he has said, like, take the energy from me while he's doing investigations. Mm -hmm. But that's why... He says, you know, lights flicker and you can see it on the the EMF detectors because that spike is the spirit like taking the energy it needs to make itself. Yeah. And this leads to one of my favorite pieces in the book, I think, where he's talking about um, being like a human battery and literally the ghosts are like consuming his energy, which I mean, for humans, right? Like that's calories. That's our measure of energy. So (laughs) 
I'm left to assume that he must just be eating constantly between his <laughs> muscles and the ghost hunting. He's like um, that kid I went to college with who was a long distance runner and had a bread machine in his dorm room so he yeah. could just eat loaves of bread every minute of his life. <laughs> I mean, guys, I'm going on the ghost hunter diet. <laughs> just like me at lunch, I have like an entire pizza. I'm like, look, I'm eating for me and 20 ghosts. Okay. You can't have any of this. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, he also, I mean, he also differentiates between, I guess, the energy transfer between, like, a spirit and the energy transfer between a human and, like, a demon. And specifically, he refers to blood transfer. And I have a lot of questions about that. Um, because transfer, I feel like, really, because like what he seems to be referencing are the scratches that he gets on these demonic investigations. But he never... I mean, transfer to me implies some kind of like back and forth situation. So I don't we have know. For reading this book, that Zach uses words and maybe doesn't know what they mean. That is true, mm-hmm. and we haven't even talked about debunking yet. So no, let's debunk this. <laughs> <laughs> A frequent feature of both the show and the book is their use of the word debunk. How they use this word is if they experience something that they think can be attributed to a ghost, they stop what they're doing, they check out all the environmental factors to make sure there's no way it could have been caused by someone else in the room, by, you know, winds, the windows being open if they felt a cold gust of air, anything like that. And they say that this is them debunking. I don't think that's quite how that word works. And I literally went and was like, let me get some etymology up in here. Huh. <laughs> take me Debunk. to church. Hell yeah. yeah take, take me to the OED church right now, please. <laughs> well, debunk is based on bunkum, which is from 1923. Nonsense, something ridiculous, and also could mean like inflated political promises. And debunking is t- typically used... And I understand why they use it, because typically we think of the situation of we are debunking the ghosts. It is the ghosts that are nonsense. It's something that you could very easily prove to be ridiculous. It's debunking something mythical, something exaggerated. They're using it to be like, we're debunking that doors can close on their own. (laughs) Like, (laughs) it's just, it's not quite right. (laughs) And they use it constantly. Which it, it, it would make sense, I guess, if he were trying to, like, reclaim this word for the paranormal right, investigative right. community. And because he does actually say at several points in the book um, that he wants the burden of proof to shift from right. the scientific community to or to the scientific community rather than from, like to the paranormal researchers. So um, which is the ghosts exist. You have to prove right. the ghosts don't exist. Right, because he says, like, and I think I'm I'm mostly quoting here, um, the burden is always on the people making the extraordinary claim to prove its existence, or to prove that it doesn't exist. And I think that that's kind of a misunderstanding of ghosts and whether or not they're an ordinary or extraordinary claim. Um, <laughs> but, but that aside, yeah, if he had just said, like, most people say debunk in this context, but this is how I use it because I think the burden of proof should be on the scientists to prove there are no ghosts. That would make sense. But there's a lot in this book that right. I have so many questions. I mean, you could have just, I guess you could have just be like, we disproved 
that it couldn't just be a door closing and that would make sense debunk has a different connotation and yeah like you said quite mean it's like it's not quite how that works and it's not like i because i want to say it's like the opposite but it's not the opposite because it's not even used in the right way it's, it's, yeah, poor Zach. <laughs> well, well it, in the beginning, Zach does tell us that he was a very advanced high schooler. He graduated early because he was so smart, but college just wasn't for him, mm-hmm. which is fine. College is for, yeah. for a lot of people that I know. Not all of them have had quite the colorful career trajectory that Zach then had, but, you know. Of being a wedding DJ. <laughs> yeah. And then a wedding he videographer. Was... Which he took very yeah. seriously because he knows it's a very important day. <laughs> See, guys, I, I like this book. I think I like Zach Bagans. <laughs> I think I should watch more of his show. Maybe if you I should... watch more show, it's going to debunk my opinion. <laughs> Did I do that right? <laughs> <laughs> no, I like him too, honestly. Um, I, I said I read these for fun, and I'm, I'm not actually joking. I travel a lot for work. Um, when I'm trying to be a professional adult and I down, I've, I have a lot of these, these books, um, these types of books on my Kindle because they're really entertaining. Um, and I, I do, I'm, I'm a little charmed, not charmed enough to date him, which oh, we'll get to later. We'll get to that. But... Yeah. No, 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 no. <laughs> I mean, I don't I... want any ghosts to follow me home. Right. No, that's legit. Well, actually though, maybe then, maybe then they'll eat all my pizza energy. Gotta think about this. Shoot. What's the trade off there? I mean, here's the thing though. Like, I live with Duarte, so I'm not that afraid of like demon scratches. Like (laughs) I'll be okay. You're not worried about blood transfer. I don't like him. He rubs me the same wrong way that Barrowman rubs me, which is like interesting. I get the same, like a man who is so sure of his own charm to think that it can't be denied. Uh huh. Uh huh. In a way. Yeah. Here's the thing about me. Uh, one of my favorite X Men is Gambit, and I feel sure. like this is like all the same. <laughs> I mean, I recognize that I'm in the minority. I'm in the minority what? with with Barrowman too. Yeah. So I mean, like, I'm just I, I get kind of the same vibes. Like, I there's things that have happened in the show. I think I think it's the Lizzie Borden episode where it's just funny to me. I always remember this, like, because this is the first image we had of him, basically, because the Lizzie Borden app was the first one we watched, where he is talking to the owners of the house. And he's standing in a door frame with his hands over his head, holding onto the top of the door frame, like flexing while he talks to her. And I'm like, could you not? And then there's another episode where I forget exactly where it is they're looking at. It's got a, it's something either an inn or a house, and it's like owned by a family. And they have a daughter, and the daughter's best friend had a terrible experience in the house at one point, and she does not go into it anymore. She's very adamant about it because she, she was there. She passed out on the floor and she's convinced it's because of the ghosts and they started talking to her and she's like i do not go in that house i have not been in that house in three years she's like 13 14 so maybe even a little younger than that he convinces her to go in the house won't you go wouldn't you go if i was there with me wouldn't you i'd be there i make sure nothing happened to you and i'm like that's 
gross. Like, mm. this girl is scared. Don't try to be like, oh, I'm a handsome older guy. Come on, it'll be fine. Like, he just, mm, I'm not into it. Which is interesting, because obviously my hatred of Barrowman is well documented on this podcast. Right. We did an entire episode about it. Which I passed out of, because I was like, I can't do this. Yeah, and I, like, I, even just talking to him, talking about him makes me angry like seeing other people talk about stupid shit that he's done i'm like well fuck that guy i think that zach is like a gross bro but he does not bother me in that visceral way that that barrowman bothers me they're very different and they have like that there's just like that's i don't know if i'm going to use venn diagrams right or in that terrible way internet does there's that center bit where i'm just like i get that same vibe off of you there's a myriad of other things about both of you that bother me that are not the same but he just kind of comes across as someone who's just like so sure that like any lady that he went up to and started talking to probably thinks he's hot and is into him and he can get whatever he wants out of them. I'm just saying this is my feeling. Yeah, no, I understand. Like, I, I totally, I get it. And we I, could do a whole other podcast dissecting. <laughs> <laughs> we don't have time for that. I'm not editing yes. that. Uh-huh. Um, so Becca, you're, yeah, I was just going to say that Becca's feelings are valid and if she feels them strongly enough and apparently is near limestone, they will stay forever. <laughs> or, or the water. <laughs> it was like they limestone. They can't cross the water. water. But the water is important, too, because that's why there's so many haunted lighthouses. I distinctly remember reading that twice, because he circled around it again in the spiral. He didn't go into it in the spiral, but since the human body is mostly composed of water, I'm just wondering how that... No, he did mention that. Oh, did he mention that? He did. It was in the same part, the part that I posted on Twitter, where it was talking about, like, there's old water in stones and then that water evaporates and it releases ghosts. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it was in the same vein where he's like, I just want you to think about the fact that the human brain is 70% water and That's ghosts right. could live in memories too, just like right. athletes and musicians have muscle memory. And at that point I was, I was done. I was skimming. I couldn't do it anymore. Which made me laugh because you posted that bit. I'm like, this is just... Like, the difference between you and me and our interests and the difference between some of our friends' interests is that you posted it, like, what even is this? This is crazy. And I looked at it, I was like, oh, stone tape theory. And then, like, three people responded to your tweet, like, oh, you mean stone tape theory? One person responded. Thank you. Let's not exaggerate. This is a Wikipedia hole I might dive down someday. I had better things to do with my time today. I did not (laughs) the last percent of this book. Becca, um, has your chopstick fallen over yet? It has not. It has not. I did pick it up when we uh, hung up to the robot voice because I needed my lips to get good. But uh, still, so you can make out with Zach Bagans later. No, no. That's a good segue though to talk about women and female ghosts and Zach Bagans. Uh, One of the other where I thought Becca was going when she was talking about why he bothers her in one of the early episodes is there's definitely an episode where I think more than one episode where he is like recording and like they're doing the show and like women come up to him and are like, Oh my God, like Zach, I'm such a big fan. Oh, and so there is Mary's herself insert fan fiction on the internet yeah. about, um, where girls marry Zach. Yep. Oh my God. Oh my God. It's oh my God. Though. The worst, the worst. It's like, <laughs> so it's like written by nine year olds. Like no offense, nine year olds. I did some sad things too no tea no shade go ahead get on (laughs) with your life it's fine but oh my god it's so bad where it's like here's the three chapters about where we decided where to go to dinner (laughs) i'm like "Mm -mm, no (laughs) well applebee's but the spooky applebee's not the one in the good part of town 
<laughs> this is all like on like Wattapad, so like, that should tell you a little something. <laughs> there are multiple times that he talks about in the book and then also times um, in the show where like female ghosts will like grab him and like there's one point in the book and I think we also watched the episode about this where he goes into this whole thing where possibly a ghost sexually assaulted him or possibly a ghost tried to kill him. The prose makes it vague. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. That was really confusing. Yes. Yes. Because he was um, like, I, I would have, yeah. like, if I had let the ghost continue, then I, I wouldn't be yeah. here now if you know what I mean. And we all commented, yes. like, no, I don't know what you mean. Because yes. he compares the ghosts to, like, sexy vampires. Yeah. And he's like, oh, In... it's like, you know, sexy erotic vampires. So if I had stayed there, I might not be here today, if you know what I mean. And it's like, no, did they turn you into a vampire? Did you? Did they kill you? Did they have sex with you? What? I actually picked the Dracula section for my dramatic reading for oh, all of these reasons. Great. Because it is really just excellent. Also talks in the book about how he can't, he has trouble bringing women home to his house now because so many ghosts have followed him back to his house Yep. that, you know, they've assaulted past girlfriends of his and, you know, it's really stressful, like thinking about bringing a girl home into that sort of danger. Is it, is it like possible for me to tell a story that actually happens in the next book, which was not, I believe, a New York Times bestseller? Absolutely. Yes. Wow. Okay. Because, and Becca, this is not going to help you like Zach Bagans anymore, I don't think. Um, I don't think that's my goal in life, so we're good. <laughs> um, there's a book, there, a lot of the second book, um, he talks about um, his fear of flying. And as in this book, it's just kind of scattered and all over the place. So it's in this section where he's talking about his fear of flying, but it doesn't really seem to relate to that at all, except that it's on a plane. So he's on a plane and there's a really hot flight attendant, you guys, like really hot. And, you know, they're making eyes at each other and maybe she thinks he's hot. He's not really sure. Um, And he never goes to the bathroom on planes, like ever. It's Mm -hmm. just a, it's just a thing that he doesn't do. Um, But he just, he, he's been drinking a lot of water because he gets so anxious and it calms him down on the plane to drink water. So he just, he can't stand it anymore. He has to get up and go to the bathroom. So he goes and he opens the, the door and someone has just taken like a massive dump, like the person before. And it's just there. And there's nothing he can do about it. And so obviously he's not going to stay and use the toilet. So he goes back to his seat and decides to just hold it. But then the flight attendant who's seen him come out of the bathroom and he's the last person to come out. She goes to check the bathroom. She sees she sees the mess that's there and obviously thinks it's him. So she looks at she looks directly at him and like flushes the toilet with her foot. Like she reaches her her shoe out and like just does it that way. And that was the end of that failed romance. Um, and I think I think it's my favorite story in the second book. And there's a lot in the second book that's pretty good. But it's called I Am Haunted. So I guess I guess it is haunted by the ghost of what he so delightfully refers to as Mr. Stanky. I will remember that for the rest of my life. That that (laughs) reads so much like a, this thing happened to me, so now I have to write about it in my book, so if this flight attendant ever reads it, she'll know it wasn't me. (laughs) Right? (laughs) But I I find that relatable, actually. 
<laughs> yeah. Posting it on Craigslist wasn't enough, though. Like, he tried the misconnection, and it just wasn't, like, yeah. so. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing, Renata. You're like, I find that relatable. So you would have tweeted about it. You wouldn't have necessarily written a book and included yeah. it in there. But, Becca, if I had a reality show and if I had a book deal, <laughs> like, I just don't know. I can't be we'll held responsible for what I might yeah. do. Also, if anybody wants to give me a book deal slash reality show, like, hit me up on Twitter. (laughs) (laughs) And then while we're talking about, like, him being gross about women, like, there's this whole section where he's talking about trigger objects and using things that the ghosts will have a connection to to try to incite a response from the ghosts. So there's something that a ghost was really close to in life. They'll use that. They'll take it and, you know, try put it in the room or like say they're taking it or something and like try to get a response. And he also talks about using women, except he calls them females as trigger objects. And I'm like, you can say I would allow even, I'd even let female pass using female as triggers. If that's really what you got to do, if you're calling them females as trigger objects. And he talks about like having one when they go to an old haunted prison, because obviously what's going to incite more of a response from imprisoned men than what he literally says, a lonely female. Yeah, that part was gross. Yeah, you're right. I mean, he's definitely gross. He's but so I gross. like him. Is the, should we move on to our dramatic readings and give you, like, pure, unadulterated grossness? Hell yeah. Yeah. Definitely. All right, so because of the way this book is, and because we just couldn't decide, we're actually going to do four dramatic readings, and each of us is just going to read one straight through, because it's it's just all straight from Z-Bag's heart. There's no um, dialogue or anything to speak of. <laughs> Z-Bag. <laughs> but not the Zach, okay? He's mm. never been called the Zach. But you may call him Count Zacula. <laughs> oh, Lord. Bram Stoker's Count Zacula? No, that's different. <laughs> no, TM, TM, TM. <laughs> General Mills's Count Zacula. <laughs> yeah, General Mills, we've got a great idea for a breakfast cereal. Call us. Tastes like Axe body spray. <laughs> Disappointment. Yeah, and unwashed affliction t-shirts. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm going to read about orbs which is a as he'll explain a paranormal phenomenon that appears in in pictures and videos but i thought this was like a good explanation of the weird kind of ways he tries to assign science to this in a way that maybe doesn't make sense i do agree that approximately 95 percent of what people speculate to be paranormal orbs captured on still cameras and infrared camcorders can be debunked as environmental conditions and photographic error however I also strongly believe that the remaining 5% really are orbs of energy, partial manifestations of spirits, or visual and residual hauntings. Many times, light can bounce back directly into the lens of a camera and cause a perfectly round ball of whiteness on the exposure. Even more common are dust, moisture, pollen, snow, rain, cigarette ash, or a microscopic particle that gets in front of the lens and causes a reflection. We've all seen it happen. I was going to be doing this in my Zach voice the whole time and I forgot. (laughs) video is different though (laughs) the orbs i've captured on video move in random and intelligent directions and disappear into our bodies at the same time that physical changes occur 
the consistent presence of orbs, <laughs> I can't even do it, during other paranormal activity has led me to believe that they are indeed spirits, at least as far as video is concerned. I still think many orbs from digital and film cameras are easily debunked. Unexplained lights are common during paranormal investigations. Many times, I've seen flashes of light at the other at the end of a hallway or in another room and was too slow to catch it on film. As I stated before, spirits are composed of energy. Energy frequently gives off light or transforms into light. So by the substitutive property, if A equals B, then B equals C, then A equals C, it's easy to see how spirits can manifest as light. Knowing this, we have to ask the question, what shape would that light take? When you think about it, the sphere is the perfect shape of the universe. A sphere represents equal pressure being exerted in all directions and is the primary shape of the cosmos. A bubble is a good example. A soap bubble floating through air forms a perfectly round shape, except for those huge wobbly bubbles you see courtyard entertainers make with their overtly wet ropes that create a mess on the concrete, where severe pedestrian accidents can occur by slipping. Damn, am I rambling again? <laughs> anyway, the air inside the container is pushing outward with an equal and uniform amount of pressure in all directions, causing the bubble to take the shape of a round sphere or orb. If spirits are pure energy, then it stands to reason that they could also take the shape of a, of a sphere with a thin layer containing them. I think maybe one of Zach's myriad of jobs was uh, cleaning <laughs> up after street performers. Or he had, like, it sounds like because he was uh, in a severe pedestrian accident, <laughs> which I've literally never heard anyone <laughs> slipping on bubble performer soap residue on the streets, but, you know. <laughs> the burden isn't on him to prove it. It is on me to prove it has not happened. Ooh. <laughs> All right, I'm going next. I'm going to read about a particular encounter that uh, Zach and friends once had at an old hospital. Hillview had intelligent hauntings written all over it. During a daylight recon of the manor, a guide named Gary took us into room 101 of the hospital's east wing, where he'd had a recurring encounter with a spirit. I decided to do a quick EVP session to see if it was with us. If there's a spirit in here, tell me what your first name is, I asked with my digital recorder rolling. The answer was clear. I'm Jim, a whispered voice said. You might think this was coincidence, but clearly written on the door was the name of the patient who died here, Jim Caschiato. That's not just an intelligent spirit, but also one who knows its name and can be consistently found in the same place day after day. That evening, I went back to Jim's room. For some reason, I got a little emotional about having established a connection with him earlier in the day, probably because he seems to me to be a guy trapped in his circumstance. I asked Jim a simple question to verify that he was still there. What color are your pants, Jim? Blue, he responded. Jim was indeed known to wear blue pants when he was alive. <laughs> That's Jim... what it says on his headstone. <laughs> <laughs> Jim's spirit showed a high level of intelligence, a ghost that still retains its identity and knows who it is after death, even if it doesn't know it has actually died. Jim's situation underscores a basic question in paranormal science. Does a person have to know he or she is dead to move on? If a person dies so suddenly that he never saw it coming and therefore doesn't know he's dead, does his spirit wander the earth in limbo until he comes to the realization that he's no longer among the living? This is the prevailing belief among paranormal investigators. If that is true, then Jim is unaware that he's taken his last breath. 
he may be an innocent spirit still residing in the room where the attendants of Hillview Manor cared for him. Oh, shit, you guys. I can't believe he knew about the blue pants. <laughs> like, what are the odds? No, not many people wear blue pants. No, they're certainly not the most popular type of pants that people wear. No. So it's very clear that that is two intelligent responses. Yep. And because it's such a Tudor property, that's a ghost. <laughs> right. And be- because time isn't linear, you know, right. like, I-, I don't even know where I'm going with that. And obviously when I need to read, my dogs are barking up a storm downstairs. So <laughs> tell them I love them. I will. I will. <laughs> and they'll be quiet. Go down there. <laughs> okay, just, just project your love. I mean, I think your love can go over water, even though ghosts can't. My love so, is an orb. Yeah, <laughs> an orb's gonna go, go into my dog. They are getting quiet now, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna take advantage of this brief quietude to read. Um, and I, again, I selected um, this. Just, it's a very short paragraph, but I, I feel like. The length really isn't where it's at. It's really just the words that he's chosen to type into the screen. Um, Yeah, I'm going to do my best to read this. It's not going to be in Zach's voice, but I'm going to try for his cadence, which I think is pretty pretty unique. So here goes. A wave of pure ecstasy hit me like snake venom. What may sound like just a tap to you was a transference of incredible energy that you just have to feel to understand. There's a scene in Bram Stoker's Dracula where Keanu Reeves is being seduced in bed by several gorgeous bloodthirsty erotic vampires and he can't do anything but sit there and be at the mercy of their trance. This wasn't as extreme as that, but it made me feel almost the same. Now, if Jerusha had made herself visible and she looked like one of those vampires, I wouldn't be typing this right now. Catch my drift. Yeah. So like that's that's the scene um, where I guess I guess we're, we have I just have so many questions about this. And the first one is about the pure ecstasy, because I feel like maybe he's never been either bitten by a snake, which is good. I wouldn't wish that on anyone, including Zach mm-hmm. Bagans. But um, Z-Bags, do you know what ecstasy means? And I don't mean the drug. I mean, like snake venom I, I don't know um so there's that and then there's the bit um there's the bit where i guess maybe he was gonna have sex with the ghost or possibly a vampire which maybe would have killed him or maybe the sex would have been so just mind-blowingly amazing that he would still be there having sex with her which i think would be a little bit odd because i'm pretty sure this takes place at a hotel so he would just be there um every day that's room nine that's where zach bagans is having tantric <laughs> sex with the ghost yes. yeah yeah that, that is exactly where yeah room number nine and i feel so bad for this poor ghost because like she's apparently a ghost because she died of heartache after her fiance like disappeared oh, that's so right. i don't and know how let's james her can we talk about when yeah. he's a ghost yes yeah yeah because that like, does oh, happen she, she died of heartache and now she spends her time flirting he says flirting with with a bunch of strange men in the hotel because they have experiences where they'll feel something touch their leg or something get into bed with them and he's like giving her a hard time where he's like oh you're searching for your one true love but now you're just getting in bed with any strange man in this hotel shut up i'll yeah. fight you i'll yeah. fight you in the zach bagans come at me bro right? <laughs> and despite the fact that he 
obviously was willing to do something of his actual nature with this ghost. Um, there's a little call out in the pages before this little box that talks about like interviewing some dude once who wanted to like have yes. a ghostly menage a trois with, with his <laughs> wife and this ghost. And he's like judging this guy. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> I was like, very confused about all the times he wants to sleep with a ghost and then maybe doesn't want to sleep with a ghost. Guys, do you remember when Kesha had to have an exorcism of her vagina because her vagina was haunted? I remember you tweeting about it. Okay. That's my point of reference for that. Well, Same. that's how you know it was real. Because I wouldn't, <laughs> I would not tweet slander about Kesha. Oh, no, never. None of us would, I don't think. No. Anyway. No, definitely not. I guess it worked. I don't think her vagina's haunted anymore, so... Well, that's good. On that note, I guess I'll move on to my dramatic reading, which is... <laughs> he has a lot of, like, pop-out boxes, like it were a textbook, or also uh, America the Book and Earth the Book. The Daily Show books have, like, really good use of this effect. <laughs> Z-Bags isn't as great at it, but some of these are, like, pretty good. So this is a pop-out box entitled... In, like, very gothic font. We did not even talk about the fonts. There's, like, five different fonts in this, and they're all, like, gothic (laughs) fonts. Yep. Anyway, this box alone uses three different fonts. So, (laughs) so you want to date me? I want to hang out with you. I hear this statement all the time, but to be honest, no, you don't. A lot of weird stuff has happened in my house to girls I have dated. I don't mind when it happens to me because I know how to deal with it, but when a spirit or a demon follows me home and attacks a guest, it really gets on my nerves. So if you are hoping to be invited over to my home for a barbecue or to hang out in my dungeon, yes, I have one, then I hate to say it, but it's not happening. I rarely have people over, not even close friends, because these are the things that can happen to them. A friend saw a ghost of a guy sitting in a chair in the middle of the night. A container of palm olive soap hovered over a sink. A friend's cell phone levitated off a table and was thrown to the ground. My washing machine lid raising by itself and slammed shut. Which, by the way, I read that correctly. He changed tenses in the middle of his bullet point. Rosary beads were ripped off a friend's neck and found in a room down the hallway and behind a closed door. That one was really creepy. Footsteps run up my stairs all the time. When you're going down the stairs and the spirit runs up, it can be very frightening. Voices tell my friends, leave and get out of here. The padlock in my dungeon rattled by itself, scaring a friend. A cold breeze once hit me and several other people very hard and filled us with a feeling like we should leave. A friend felt that she was attacked in my kitchen. An unseen force played tug of war with her purse, so she ran out of the house screaming and speaking in another language. True story. So, yeah, I feel like a lot of these stories are just like, I was drunk and I dropped my phone and I felt weird. (laughs) (laughs) I like that he asserted that the last one was a true story, but not the rest of them. (laughs) Yeah. That one he especially wanted to emphasize. 
Especially true. Uh, let's talk about the padlock in his dungeon. We kind of skipped over that. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> which, which side is it on? Yeah, is it keeping people uh, is in? Is he locking or keeping himself in out? from the inside? Or is he locking somebody out? What, how's, how's this working? What's he doing in this dungeon? Yeah, I am genuinely not sure if this is him admitting to kink or if he, like, <laughs> just, like, calls a creepy room in his basement a dungeon. Well, we saw the picture. Yeah, but it was, like, blurry, black and white. <laughs> it's hard to tell. It's in that I fucking just, like, soft focus. Also, like, that was my favorite part is <laughs> there's the picture of the dungeon it's in the middle of not talking about anything to do with his personal life, his house. It's just like, and then we're above Mackie's music world. Here's a picture of my dungeon. Yes, I have one. It's behind a trap door. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I guess if it's supposed to be a sex dungeon, like, but he never brings people over to it, then it's really just like a masturbation dungeon. <laughs> of a guy who hunts ghosts for a living is really like peak worst bestseller. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, imagine, do you think like at Bobby Mackey's Music World, maybe he has to like display a warning sign in his dungeon? Like, if you come in here, you might get fucking haunted. <laughs> well, it's true though. I don't know if he talks about it in the other book, but like there's definitely, he has, he had a house. It was like a million dollar, multi-million dollar house that he bought and then like a year later was trying to sell because a demon followed him home and now it's possessed by a demon and he couldn't get anybody to buy it because it was possessed by a goddamn demon. <laughs> Whoa, Ghost Adventures is like a multi-million dollar venture? I mean, yeah. Shit, Probably. man. It's like on season like 16 or something stupid like yeah, that and shit. they have a ton of spinoffs. I gotta go... I gotta take more ghost hunting lessons because I feel like I could do this. I see. I came out of this book being like, I hate Zach Bagans, but I would absolutely help him ghostwrite a much better book if he was willing to pay me. <laughs> we should. <laughs> because this. Is he on Twitter? We should tweet at him. He is on Twitter because uh, I checked it out because there's a new season of Ghost Hunter starting and also a new show that they're doing. And the requirement seems to be that you all have to have a goatee and mustache. I was also looking up um, his show and I, I did want to just kind of mention um, the new show if you haven't seen it is called Deadly Possessions and yes. it literally involves Zach Bagans sitting on a gothic throne while people bring okay. to him uh, haunted objects for him to oh look my over. god and yeah that's literally that literally happens I want to I want to go to there yeah um, all right, so that's our dramatic readings. It should give you a pretty good sense of what this book is like, except for the pictures, which I encourage you to flip through. Um, so now we'll move on to our would you rathers, and I'll ask: Would you rather stay one night in this super haunted, demonically possessed house that Zach Bagans bought, or go on one date with him, knowing that you risk nightly hauntings from super jealous ghost women if you do? Uh, straight up, I'll stay in that haunted house. I do not want to go on a date with Zach Bagans at all. I can stay in a haunted house for one night. I don't know that I could sit down and have a meal with him and not, like, be put in jail for beating the crap out of him. <laughs> I'd go on a date with him and I'd live tweet it. Uh-huh. uh-huh. <laughs> I'd just the whole thing. I'm like, I'm not even paying attention to you. I'm like, this is what he's wearing. <laughs> this is the garbage he smells like. <laughs> He has said debunked 18 times. 
Yeah, I yeah. would, I would, I would go on the date just because I feel like also you can I make don't know. Pay. I mean, uh-huh. yeah, yeah, we can no, go to a fancy I mean, restaurant that's haunted. Yeah, and I, we would just talk about dogs the whole time. That would be fine. I would just bring would like a million take, pictures of my dogs. It would sadly take three chapters of your fanfic to decide where to go, though. I <laughs> would. <laughs> I would go on a date with him, and I I would go to his haunted sex dungeon. Oh, no. (laughs) I mean, imagine. And those were not his last words. (laughs) (laughs) All right, would you rather hunt ghosts with Zach Bagans or Nancy Drew? Nancy. See, I'm going to go with Zach because I feel like it's more financially lucrative. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I I would go with Nancy Drew, but only because I had a huge crush on George. Okay. Yeah, I was gonna say George is probably there. <laughs> so, yeah. So I'm gonna go with Nancy, but I'm gonna make out with George. Nice. So. Nice. Nice. I'm going to Z bags. I'm going to go with Nancy Drew, and we'll get into this uh, when we do Reader's Advisory, and the Home Inspector guy from Paranormal Home Inspector. Yes! And we're going to just debunk every goddamn ghost Zach Bagans has ever yes! met in his goddamn life. Shut I it I love down. that guy. I love him. I want to marry so him. So good. Okay. <laughs> All right, last up, would you rather see ghosts because you have carbon monoxide poisoning, or see ghosts because you have chosen to associate with Zach Bagans? And that actually ties into it because the paranormal does. guy will tell you that every ghost thing you're experiencing is actually because you have carbon monoxide leaking your home and it's making you hallucinate. Uh, but I'd probably have, I'd probably have carbon monoxide poisoning. <laughs> I'm rolling with Z-bags. <laughs> you could die from carbon monoxide poisoning. You probably wouldn't die, die from, from Zach, Zach Bacon's. If you're a lady, I read this book, I know. No, you just get, like, some scratches. <laughs> Which, again, I live with Duarte. I'm fine. Right. I think I... I don't know. I was going to say carbon monoxide poisoning because it's a temporary situation. Sure. Um, but I don't know. I think I think if I could associate with Z-Bags enough to get to the point where I could call him that and he would go by Z-Bags, <laughs> that would be worth it. So I'm going to say that. Yeah, Z-Bags. I think I'm also going to say that for the same reason that I said above, where, (laughs) like, carbon monoxide poisoning, you're hallucinating, and you have carbon monoxide poisoning, and you have to deal with all that. Uh, If you're doing it because you're associating with him, really, you're going to make money out of it and also not be in the hospital, so... But you can make that like that amazing uh, Reddit post of the guy who thought the landlord was breaking to his apartment and leaving post-it notes about reminders, but it was actually carbon monoxide. I know, you don't make money from Reddit posts. (laughs) Um, You don't know that. He could have. That was a very well-written tale, (laughs) and it went far. That was good. I love that one. I love that one. Well, I guess that could be Reader's Advisory. You should link to that post, because I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, man. Amazing. so good. So good. We'll recommend some other books or shows to watch instead of, or in addition to, The Dark World slash Ghost Adventures. I'll start by just saying that I have such a... And if you listen to the podcast, you know that I don't really like scary things, but I like ghosts and I like campy things, so it's kind of tricky for me. So, like, I I listened to The Diviners by Libba Bray, an audiobook, and I loved it. 
and it's so good, but it's it's scarier than I thought it would be, and like. I had to stop driving to listen to the end because I was like, it's too scary. I'm going to crash the car. I can't handle it. So it's it's really good and it's fun and it has like great characters, but also some like super scary ghost shit. So recommend it. Also, there's the sequel is out. The sequel is still really good, but it's uh, it's not as scary, scary, but there's still ghosts in it and it's great. Well, first off, I started making a list of ghost hunter related horror movies to recommend and I came up with like 20. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to do a, a special post <laughs> on the blog recommending ghost hunter horror films because it's a popular genre and I will get into the majority of them there. I greatly agreed with all of the things on her list. I feel like we have very similar tastes in scary movies. I, too, love scary movies. Um, There were a couple of things that weren't on her list that I will go ahead and... I'll go ahead and and give some plugs for. Um, Two of them are, like, not great and in the same vein as Ghost Adventures. So if you enjoyed this book because you love terrible things, as I do, um, and you love the show because you love terrible things, then you will probably also greatly enjoy um, two particular shows that are favorites of mine. Ghost Mine is one of them. Um, It's an amazing show that should have had three seasons and it only had two. Um, uh, They were seeding for season three in the second season and then it did sci-fi you, you're killing me uh, anyway so it is it does what it says on the tin it's literally like about like a haunted mine and the, it's just it's kind of, just just watch it it's amazing um, it's amazing if only for the interplay between like these hardened seasoned miners and these like city slicker ghost hunters it's amazing um, the other one is Haunted Collector which features John Zaffis who if you're into like paranormal shit at all um, you probably know Ed and Lorraine Warren he is their nephew and he um, carries on the family tradition of having haunted objects in kind of a little museum um, in his home. And he actually eventually collected so many of them that he actually has his own museum now, I think, um, apart from the place where he lives. Um, but he's he's just, I find him, um, I find him very charming. I think he genuinely wants to help people and he's very caring and concerned kind of in a way that I think Ed and Lorraine Warren also were. I think he kind of inherited that. So um, so there's that, those two, if you like terrible things. And then if you, um, I, you know, it's not the best horror movie in the world, but it wasn't on Kate's Reckless. So I'm going to put in a plug for Apartment 143, which is not like the best um, footage uh, ghost hunter horror movie I've ever seen but I do enjoy that it takes kind of a scientific perspective on ghost hunting um, it's like three people um, trying to investigate haunted shit in an apartment and they're like one of them's a doctor and the other two like it's just it's very sciencey ish like I think that I'm not really sure because I think I watched it after I had a beer, but I think the conceit is something along the lines of um, maybe paranormal investigation is more legitimate in this universe than not. And so they they actually have a lot of tools and stuff to work with. So that's pretty neat. Um, But those are mine. I am, of course, going to have to put a plug for the Conjuring movies in here uh, because they are the greatest movies in the world. They are movies that were made specifically for me. Uh, Someone broke into my id at night and uh, looked around and then said, okay, I can work with this and wrote a movie for me. Uh, They're about their fictionalized account of um, Ed and Lorraine Warren, the famous ghost hunters 
and two specific, each movie focuses on one specific case that they had. Both of the movies, a lot of the the core of them, they're, they have, they're pretty scary. They're haunted house movies, which are my favorite. And the core of them is really how families need to band together and how trusting each other and the love that we feel for each other as families is what can get us through hard times with ghosts. And their faces are just so good and they love each other so much and they're so good movies. I can't even English write anymore because I love them so much. But in addition <laughs> to that and to this whole other list of movies that I'm going to do, um, I came up with a bunch of books. Most of them I'll have listed on the site uh, so I don't get into all of them. Two that I will pick out in specific is one, one of them is I Lived in a Clown Motel by Christopher Spella. Uh, Christopher Spella is a comic book writer. He did a Kickstarter uh to live in a month in the clown motel in Tinopa, Nevada and write a book about it and kind of chronicle it and it was a shit show like it just was not it, it, it haunts him to this day they do mention Zach I, I mentioned this one because Zach mentions in the book um them doing investigations in Tonopa and also Chris mentioned on Twitter that when he was there, like, hanging out in the bar with the locals, they would talk about how, like, him and his douchebag bro crew came through the town to record this episode of this show. So it made me laugh. Another book that I'll just throw out there is Through the Woods by Emily Carroll, which is actually a graphic novel that's a collection of some of her stories, um, short comics, rather. Uh, she's very famous for putting these comics online. You probably know them even if you don't recognize her name. The book includes some that are not on the internet, and it's great, and they're scary and wonderfully done. I'm going to recommend, as I said, Paranormal Home Inspectors, which I can't remember if Kate's brought up on the podcast before or if we just talk about it to other people so much that I feel like we've explained this a thousand times, so I'll just do it really briefly. I, it was I don't streaming... think it's been on the podcast before. No? Okay. Uh, it's this. It was a streaming show. It's a Canadian show where these somebody's like, oh, my house is haunted. Here are all the haunted things that have happened. And... They were wrong in how they made the show, but we won't get into that now. First, they bring in a, uh, ho- a home inspector. Was his name Paul? Something like that. Yeah. Paul, Peter, something like that. He is the most affable, down-to-earth guy. He comes through their house, and he's like, oh, well, you're seeing pictures and shadows on this wall. Well, there's a water stain here. You're probably seeing that in dim light and thinking that that is a face staring down at you. Oh, well, you have a carbon monoxide leak, and that can make you hallucinate. You need to get your get your shit together <laughs> and fix that. And so he, like, finds all the naturally occurring very obvious reasons that people might think these hauntings are happening to them in their homes then they have a psychic come through and she talks about all the ghosts that are in your house and then somebody from the show spends the night in the house where they set up those like home alarm systems where you put something on a doorknob and if someone tries to turn the doorknob it makes a jangly noise and they're known to like just go off when no one's around all the time, and that's evidence of ghosts because A plus B equals C. 
Zach math. And <laughs> so it's a great show. It's just really fun. And it's really great that they have that guy come in and just tell you, uh, you're not being haunted. Here's things that are wrong with your house that make you think so. <laughs> and Becca said, we're not going to go into why the show is done wrong, but, but apparently I think that's Kate is. super important. <laughs> it's super important to, cause it, it's so obvious if you're going to have a guy come in and to use the word correctly, debunk, debunk all of the, the weird shit happening in your house. You have him come in at the end. You don't have a guy come in and say, oh, your door keeps moving open and shut because it's not hung correctly. Your house isn't level. It's always going to try and swing closed. You don't have him come in first and then have a woman come in and say, oh, Babies oh, were I, murdered. Feel, <laughs> I feel a dark presence in here. I have and... to leave. I have to leave. She had to leave every house because of the dark <laughs> presences. So, yeah. So, it's a great show. You should watch it. And it's amazing. Other... Amazon streaming. Is it on Amazon? Okay. Also, um, I just want to interject. If anybody thought they heard a ghost just now, it's just that recently I've made Duarte start wearing a collar that has a jingle bell on it, and he came by and did a little lap around the microphone. So, all right, not a ghost, Chap- just a cat. chapstick is still standing on our end, so okay, everyone's great. still good. <laughs> okay. The other thing I'll recommend is uh, I don't even actually know what James Corden's show is called. Is it the Tonight Show that he does now? Everybody changed, so I don't know. James Corden's show, his late night show. James Corden's great. I've loved James Corden for several years. I'm so glad he has a show and that he's like popular in America now. The Ghost Rose came on his show. And it was like a 10-minute clip. And it's great because James definitely goes into it being like, these are the biggest douchebags I've ever encountered in my life. This is all stupid. But the trick is, they have the obelisk, and you can't fight the obelisk when it starts telling you words like Jim when your name is James. Mm-hmm. And like he starts to get like spookily kind of funnily into it like oh no shit this is great this is awesome and it was really charming and it was mostly less focused on them and that's probably why i enjoyed it but Mm -hmm. it's a good taster of the ghost bros that like has a nice relatable person in it at the same time it's him and was it reggie watts going through so you're like oh everything's fine All right, well, there will be more of these uh, on our website, worstbestsellers.com, and uh, maybe a separate blog post of movies on our blog, The Worst Blog, which you can also, you just, you'll find it if you go to worstbestsellers.com. You'll be tagged Kate, it'll be fine. (laughs) You'll find it. (laughs) All right, let's go to our candy pairing where we'll suggest a candy to go along with this book slash television show mine is ghost peeps because you know ghosts obviously but then there's also kind of like i mean i I like to eat a peep once in a while if not all the time and i don't honestly really think they should be allowed at halloween i think they should only be at easter so (laughs) you know i don't know where i'm going with this ghost peeps (laughs) Much like this book, so it's still yeah. thematically appropriate. <laughs> well, time is time is like a you know not linear, so maybe one day we'll circle back around, you know, and you'll know. Um, and and my um my candy pairing is the darkest dark chocolate, like basically just raw cacao beans. Um, I would also accept licorice. Mm. Only black licorice, though, right? Like, yeah, only black. Obviously. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it has to be dark because this is a dark world. <laughs> My candy pairing is a uh, spoopy whoopy ghosty toasties. Uh, and listen, guys, the burden is not on me to prove that they exist; it's on you to prove that they don't. Shit. <laughs> I cannot debunk that. <laughs> 
my candy pairing is not actually candy. It is some kind of extreme protein bar for men to give you energy after the ghosts zap it all away because you're a human battery and be like masculine energy though because you're super manly. Like you're just like super manly. So you need these extreme protein bars for men. None of this shit that ladies can also have. Not a fucking yeah. Luna bar. No. Even though a like... Luna bar seems, you know, like you would eat that at night, like, because of the moon. But not that. Yeah. And it can't be You'd a be kind like... bar. Oh, like hell super... no. Those are too, no, those are too nice. You have to fight the ghost. <laughs> In the dark. You'd be, like, super extra tapped out, though, like, because, like, you're losing energy just from the ghosts, and then you're losing energy from banging the ghosts, <laughs> and just, like, there's nothing left. There's nothing left in a man after that. That's why you have the extreme protein yeah. bars, so you have the protein up again. <laughs> 5,000 babies. That's it. I'm going to, I'm going to, st- I'm going to quit my day job, and I'm going to start a-, a company that markets protein bars specifically for ghost hunters. Yes. Do the gain the energy. Yeah, that they've lost. So, General Mills, again, call me. TM, TM, TM. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's how it works. Excellent. <laughs> All right. Well, now we will play The Rock, Paper, Snicks, or Kate will say who Dwayne The Rock Johnson would be if he were in this book. And I'll say who Wolverine would be if he were in this book. And Ren and Becca will both choose which would most enhance the book or choose Paper, which is leave the book as is. Uh, so as it turns out, Zach tried to get The Rock to be a guest on this, in this book, and The Rock's agent avoided his calls. So cold. <laughs> that's the actual. That's it. <laughs> there is no The Rock because The Rock wouldn't allow it. <laughs> All right. Excellent. Well, since Wolverine is currently dead in the Marvel universe, if he were in this book, he would be a ghost. He would haunt a bar and spill beer and Z-bags just for fun. And Z-bags would later hear a very clear EVP that says, I'm the best there is at what I do, and what I do best is spill beer at douchebags. I mean, we already live in a world yeah. where the rock one happened, so I think I'm going to have to go with the Wolverine, just so we can experience both. <laughs> I I have to go with the Wolverine one, because I just think that that's, that's absolutely delightful. Um, and I hope that that does happen actually i'm actually wondering if if we can somehow like catfish this situation can we like ghost fish um (laughs) zach bagans and like create a location and and claim that it's haunted by the ghost of um like an old uh revolutionary war time person whose nickname was the wolverine (laughs) um and and yeah, I want to see if we can make that happen. I want to game this out, you guys. I like well, or I, like I was it. thinking the other way because there was a comic where it was like a crossover with Top Chef, and Wolverine was like hanging out at the restaurant of one of the actual Top Chef chefs. So I feel like this there could be some kind of like brand synergy where it's like a Sci-Fi Channel tie-in comic, and I would read it. <laughs> All right, what's the moral of the story, you guys? Uh, The moral of the story is clearly that quantum physics teaches us that time isn't linear, and that's a lesson that Zach took to heart when writing this book. Amen. My moral of the story, it has to be written in scripty gothic font, and it is, there is evil (laughs) in this world. (laughs) Um, Well, I think that the moral of the story for me is just, dude, ghosts. (laughs) 
<laughs> my moral of the story is if you're writing a book you can make math and science work however you want and people will still buy it true that <laughs> true. Yep. so true all right now it's time for duarte's corner where my cat duarte who has already made a slight appearance in the podcast will return with further thoughts about dark world Oh my gosh, Dorothy, you're right. I don't think he really did address the fact that cats definitely are more in tune with the supernatural world and can hella see ghosts. And I think that would be good to address. He did talk about animal hauntings, though, and that dogs, like, haunt things all the time, but he doesn't think any other animals do, which, science, I guess. Mm, that's right, he did. He wrote it, it must be true. Ugh. He did also say, um... That he thought maybe animal hauntings were just, like, their animal or their owners imagining it? Right, just believing it that they because they missed their dog, but that's not what happens with people? I don't... <laughs> all right, sure. Not at all. All right, well, thanks for sharing, Dorote. And now, do any humans have any closing thoughts? You should just watch the show. Like, it's on Netflix, it's streaming. It's not, like, I, I feel like... I wholeheartedly recommended all those things up there as things that I love. I love this too, but because it's garbage. It's so good garbage though. Like it's such, it's perfect garbage. There's a nice like chunk of like 25 episodes on Netflix. Just sit back with a drink and a snack and watch these assholes make fools of themselves. There's an episode where there's the ghost of a poet haunting somewhere and they read poetry in soft focus black and white and it's amazing. <laughs> Yeah, I I have, like I said, I've only seen one episode of this, but uh, I gotta watch some more. You definitely do. Yeah, I think um, if you if you enjoy, if you actually went on this adventure, this ghost adventure with <laughs> us, and you read the book too, and you enjoyed it because you love terrible things, um, definitely read the next one, which is called I Am Haunted, um, and join the rest of us as we wait with bated breath for the eventual hopeful release of the movie The Demon House, which uh, he filmed after buying an extremely haunted property in Gary, Indiana. Uh, and the story of that is in the next book. So, Fantastic. My closing thought is that the chapstick is still standing. So. <laughs> That's good. You guys are not haunted. Doesn't necessarily prove anything. No, it just doesn't necessarily prove that there aren't ghosts. Maybe the ghost doesn't know what chapstick is, so they haven't knocked it over yet. Oh, yeah. Also, you know what brand is it? Maybe the ghost doesn't like that brand. It's Burt's Bees, which I'm not particularly fond of either, but it's what I had. God damn it, Becky, you're ruining our chance at Burt's Bees sponsorship. Because I, I would, would there be new jokes then? I'd sign up for that. I would take that. Wax I don't know. Money. Maybe that, maybe that can be their new tagline: Burt's Bees, not haunted. <laughs> Free advertising campaign: Burt's Bees. You're welcome. You heard it here first. Burt's Bees, not afraid of no ghosts. Or Burt's Bees, a lip balm that ghosts are afraid of. Oh, ghost repellent. Great. I think we all clearly have careers in advertising ahead of us. 
Speaking of which, uh, you can visit us online at worstbestsellers.com and find all of our reader's advisory and like probably some good ghost emojis and stuff like that. Uh, you can also follow us on Twitter at worstbestseller with no S because the S is currently in use by uh, that Oculus ghost app. What's it called? Obelis. Obelis. God damn it. Well, anyway. <laughs> what are you, Kate Beta's beta readers? <laughs> anyway, we're on Facebook. We're bestsellers spelled normally. Goodreads.com also. Just most places just put in worst bestsellers and you'll probably find us. You can subscribe to us on Stitcher, iTunes, or Google Play. If you do, please rate and review us. It pops us up a little bit in the charts and makes it easier for people to find us. If you don't rate and review us, well, you have rated and reviewed us, actually, um, because time is not linear and it's kind of a circle. You've done it in the future already, so you might as well do it now. It, it just makes sense. It makes sense. Science, science. it's okay. It's fine. Mm-hmm. Just it's what the it. Yellow King would do. You can also support us on Patreon. Uh, if you go to patreon.com slash worstbestsellers, uh, where you can sign up for a small recurring monthly donation and get some cool rewards for supporting us and helping us do some cool things in the future. Maybe we could go on a ghost hunt. Maybe. <laughs> but for now, that is not one of the promised rewards, so don't hold us to that, you guys. <laughs> So one thing also I wanted to say quickly is that a few people have like very sweetly apologized because they would like to support us on Patreon and they don't have any spare money right now. And, uh, you know, don't feel bad about that. Obviously, like pay your bills before you donate to a podcast. Don't even worry about it. Although we very much do appreciate those of you who are able to support us. Um, But I wanted to quickly remind you that another cool way to support us is if you start on our website, worstbestsellers.com, and you click through to any of our Amazon links and you buy anything on Amazon. It doesn't have to be, like, the thing that we actually link to. If you buy anything uh, that way, then we get a little kickback from Amazon, which can add up and be pretty nice. So that's great. Thank you to those of you who are doing that. And uh, if you're boycotting Amazon and only shopping locally, like, that's great, too. More power to you. Just just do whatever. Um, so the other interesting thing that we're going to announce here, it'll sound, we're actually announcing it for the first time, but by the time this episode airs, we will have announced it other places before, is that Ren and I are doing a podcast about scary things, um, horror movies and horror books and TV shows and all sorts of related things. Uh, it's called Mostly Ghostly. You can find us at mostly-ghostly.com and on Twitter at mostlyghostpod. And uh, we have some interesting things in store, so stay tuned for that. Oh, guys, I'm 20 ghosts about that. Yeah. Too and spooky. If, <laughs> <laughs> if you like The Conjurings, you will definitely want to tune in and uh, listen to us basically just claw our faces off with feelings. Um, but we, we promise not to just talk about The Conjurings. We're going to cover a broad range of stuff, like Kate said, and we're really excited about it because we love spooky things. Um, and I tweet about them infrequently on Twitter at Ren Parker, W-R-E-N Parker. Um, so you can find me there. Um, I pro- I do not tweet at Zach Bagans, nor do I follow him. Um, just try to keep that degree of separation, just in case. <laughs> um, I don't want the ghost. I don't want the ghost to come through the intertubes um, at me. So there's that. But yeah, thanks Great. for having me, guys. Thanks for being here.
So you can follow me on Twitter at 14 across. You can follow me at Renata Snacks. You can follow me at Gin Enthusiastic, G-I-N Enthusiastic. I'm locked, but if I see that you follow Kate or Renata or the podcast, or if you just give me a shout, I'll probably just accept you. It's fine. All right. And we will be back in two weeks with The Bridges of Madison County by Robert James Waller. I said that like kind of in a spooky voice, but it's not a scary book. (laughs) I'm just still in that mode. (laughs) The Bridges of Madison County. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) It's time. It's time. They go over water. Ooh. Ooh. (laughs) But they can't. Oh my God. They're defying (laughs) physics. Okay. Bye. Bye. Bye, everybody. This was fun. Yeah, this happens, like, all the time, but only with Kate's connection, because they are haunted as shit.